another hot episode of Hot Takes, a spoiler cast. It's pretty, it's not that hot, right? No, it's like 80. I'm your host, Ernesto, and I'm here with my co-host, Joel. Hello, hello. How you been, Joel? It's been Uh, two weeks. It's been two weeks, yeah. You know, it's been uh, a couple of weeks since we last recorded, and we both saw the big movie of the summer, I guess you could say. Yeah, summer. So we're going to be discussing or reviewing uh, Thor. Love, Love and Thunder. And Thunder yeah. Thor and Love and Thunder directed by Taika Waititi, one of our favorites, right? I'd say. Uh, up and coming favorites. Up and coming, yeah. One of our up and coming favorite directors. Uh, Natalie Portman's in it, Chris Hemsworth in it, a lot of people from Thor in it. Thor, the original Thor. Yeah. It was it was nice seeing a Cat Dennings character. Yeah, right. That was dope, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, Christian Bale, new Christian Thor. Bale, yeah. Right. It, it just like seeing Christian Bale, especially since we're almost. Two ten years past Dark Knight Rises, right? It's like, ah oh, man, he was an awesome Batman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it did. When he when he first showed up, it's uh, it does bring back memories. Yeah, but what do you think overall? Generally, um, overall, I I think this has to do a lot with because I enjoyed, I loved uh, Thor Ragnarok mm. so much. It basically re- vitalized the Thor franchise. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And, and so. yeah, Taika Waititi's first foray into the superhero um, genre and then reimagining what Thor was. I think because of that, me having like these really high expectations going into Love and Thunder, I felt like it, at coming out, I felt like it was a little lacking. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, Ragnarok was a game changer, or yeah. it is a game changer, right? It's something that Taika came from what, um, what we do in the shadows. I know he's done other stuff, but yeah. that's the only thing I did we did before at MCU and going into like this multi million dollar production and all these resources, and he like knocked it out of the park, yeah. But for yeah, for Love and Thunder, it does feel a little, uh, uh yeah, lacking, yeah. Do you yeah. think because it felt like Thor 3 was going to be the last Thor, right? Mm-hmm. That's what pretty much every everything leading to Ragnarok was pointing. And then uh, even Chris Chris Hemsworth went into Kevin Feige. He's like, hey, look, if this is going to be the last one, then let us just have fun with it. Yeah, yeah. And then that having essentially complete control of Taika Waititi and Chris Hemsworth of what the, the story and the character, they were able to knock it out of the park. And now that, you know, the success of that that movie coming into Love and Thunder, do you feel like they had more of a, you know, iron curtain over them, like monitoring and stuff like that? What can and can't they do? I, I don't know about monitoring. Yeah. Right? I don't know. Marvel has been historically like kind of like just going with your things, especially yeah. after uh, like five years or so. Because they, they have that phase where they were controlling, right? And you didn't notice like what uh, Thor 2, Iron Man 3, Iron Man 2. Like those films felt like there was a, there was a design they were forcing on their creatives. Yeah, I felt like those were just filler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, you have to do like this. But for this, um, yeah, I feel like Taika wasn't able to fully have creative control, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Right? It, it, does, it doesn't have that magic, that right. Taika magic that other uh, other his movies and projects have. have you know, yeah. like, we talked about this uh, a lot, uh, Jojo Rabbit. Even though the the story is set in this horrific time, it's still you know like this fun uh, <laughs> until it's not until it's not right. <laughs> this fun you know loving uh, story about this kid. It just so happens that the backdrop is nineteen forties 
Nazi Germany, Nazi but Germany. <laughs> <laughs> at, its, at its most paranoid peak, right? Yeah, yeah. everyone's a restraint offered. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's it, it feels like it's it's struggling with its voice, right? You mm-hmm. have Gore the God Butcher, which from the comics is this huge, you know, um, with the Necro Sword, and he's like the one who's killing gods, and that's like a feat no one has really gone through. And then you have uh, Jane Foster, which is the Mighty Thor. Like, yeah. The, the next step of uh, after Thor becomes unworthy. Mm-hmm. And you have those two narratives, and it feels like uh, it's less oxyam conflict. We'll talk about it down the line, but it, it's less about the whole grand, you know, bad main bad guy and more of Thor finding himself. Yeah. Right. But the balance between those two narratives isn't really, it doesn't really mesh well. No, see, I feel like that also has to do with the runtime of the movie. You know, it's under two hours, which is odd for a superhero movie now at this point. Right. And then especially, like, all the catch-up that they had to do, because they're basically reintroducing Jane as a character. Yeah. After seven years or something. Since we last saw her, right? Since since we last, probably, what, closer to ten? Well, if you count Infinity War. Uh, she wasn't. She was. She wasn't it. Yeah, she. They showed footage of her. But it wasn't <laughs> it her. It wasn't her. It wasn't her. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it. It's weird to see where the the. I guess you could say that it's a sophomore slump, right? Because mm. it it's not technically the second Thor movie, but it is the or second the Taika. Taika Thor right. movie. No, you're absolutely correct. Yeah, it yeah. feels like. Uh, he Taika does a first movie strong. Yeah. Like all the movies he's done, it's always exceeded been the first. expectations. Exceeded expectations, and he has that sort of level of dark humor. Yeah. Like in Jojo Rabbit, if you've seen it, yeah. Like yeah. Just the, the solid, yeah, just Jesus. the balance. But when it's Ragnarok, you know, there's a scene where Hulk jumps out of the plane, the, the ship, and he like slams into the rainbow <laughs> it's not bridge. Hulk. Yeah. It's oh, Bruce Banner. It's Bruce Banner, right? <laughs> it's Bruce Banner, and he's like, he's dead. And his tongue is out, and even the dog Fenrir, uh, Hell is Hound. Just like, yeah, is he dead? <laughs> like, yeah. And that kind of humor uh, is, uh, it's kind of lacking. It's definitely exactly. needed. Well, it's just like there's humor in Love and Thunder, right. but it's really like coming out of all angles. You know, right. like uh, the, the, the interactions in the past that Thor has had with Mjolnir, has been completely different to now, where he and now he treats Mjolnir, Stormbreaker as characters himself. You know, he's right. talking to them, petting yeah. them, right. trying to make up with them, <laughs> and shit like that. Yeah, getting yeah. Them drunks, like giving them beer and stuff like that. Where back, you know, it used to be, he had a relationship with the hammer, obviously, but it wasn't like a an equal relationship. He understood yeah. that this was a tool. Right. It was more like a lightsaber or a sort of yeah. relationship. Like it, there's there's some nostalgia to it, and yeah. that's not really it. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh okay. Let's go with the highs. Okay. What, what, what did you speaking of the the personification of the hammers? I liked uh the way they they incorporated the Mjolnir breaking in Ragnarok mm-hmm. and using that to become like powers. Like whenever Jane swung it, yeah, it broke up and then it killed everybody and then came back and formed. It was together. like a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> it, was like, it was like an Asgardian shotgun. Man, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's. Uh, I feel like that those kind of ideas, like personifications of like items and the weird kind of weird, like uh, at the end the kids start fighting. Yeah. yeah. And like those weirdness, I feel that's Taika. Yeah. Or you know that kind of like out of the box kind of like you didn't see it coming, but everything else it just like the gore aspect felt like a Marvel thing if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Like the lore, like the exposition that's gore to give to people. who who uh, need to know there's a structure to the whole movie. Yeah, like the the introduction of gore, it's 
it's pretty standard yeah. in, in backstory and villain backstory and stuff like that even though it turns out that you can't leave villains just be villains anymore you know they have to end with a redemption at the end yeah fucking ridiculous I, man come on yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh, as much as it pains me to it is interesting to see uh, the villains have some kind of dynamic to it but yeah I would like a villain who's just evil so yeah. once in a while you know a red skull how can you redeem a Nazi <laughs> anymore, right? a Nazi super soldier right right um, yeah and I feel like gore being one of the more you know horror based uh, Marvel villains they should have leaned on that a lot more there was a lot of instances in the movie because where it, it was trying to be campy where it was trying to shove jokes in where it, did really necessarily fit where it just you just lost all of that all the gravity that that uh you know that character would have brought to the movie yeah gore even christian bale is like his performance was gore even the little bits it's it's really good yeah like i just like the there's one where they're doing like sock puppets or something like that no thor thor's talking about how he cut someone's head off yeah and then the kids are like yeah cut his head off and then gore comes in and he's like oh he does the same stick but he does it like in a creepy. Gore, in a creepy yeah. Way. He throws the head into the crowd. Again, and the kids yeah. are freaking out. He summons like this this shadow monster <laughs> and it just rips its head off in front of all the kids. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, oh, it was funny a while ago. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like stuff like that is is the type of yeah, the that's of the type of stuff. Yeah, but and then it's just never like it's left. I mean, yeah, wait, Gore essentially kidnaps these kids right because he in the end he wants uh, Stormbreaker, which is the key. God, the Bifrost. The, to get the Bifrost to um, open to Eternity, which is like, Eternity. Right, right, right. I think Eternity, right? Yeah, it's, a, it's some sort of MacGuffin. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, and then he, he kind of, he, he's killing gods, obviously, but kidnap these kids, but he, like, leaves and goes somewhere else. And yeah. you don't really see him until, like, towards the end or... No, it's like the thing, we only saw him really kill one god. Yeah, which is the... Which the, is the his, sun his sun god, god whatever and the fuck it was the repercussions of like yeah doing, right? so I would have liked to have seen like another god battle between them you know like yeah. have one of Thor's religion Le- okay I thought Lady Sif was dead no didn't they kill her in no. the in, in, no, in she, right yeah, right yeah no, <laughs> she was uh, outside of the movie I think there was conflict movie conflict so she wasn't able to film yeah so she survived she her survived, death because yeah. of <laughs> <laughs> the guy she shows up she shows up randomly when, when she does show up I was like wait what she's alive yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then I mean, her seeds are just because when she's they Thor finds her, yeah, and then she has like no arm, and then she's like, I'm gonna go to Valhalla. I'm gonna die in battle. I'm like, no, the battle ended. You, you won't go to Valhalla. And then she looks around like crap. <laughs> <laughs> and like, maybe your arms in Valhalla. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. It's uh, she's there, but the thing is, it is a lost opportunity because she's. It's assumed that she's fighting Gore. Yeah. Right. That's what she's like, you know, grunting and fighting about. But we don't really see that, or we don't see any of that anymore. Yeah, it would have been cool, like when that introduction happens. It was like she's just slain by Gore as Thor like shows up in the Bifrost, and then Gore like slinks away. Yeah. And she's dying like, like in front of something where there's actual gravity to it. Something yeah. where there's something at stake. Yeah, because in Ragnarok. Hella felt like there was something at stake. Yeah. Even, even though she was trapped in Asgard for the most most of the time because of Heimdall's rebellion, yeah. like she was killing people left and right. You know, there's some sort of. Uh, and she demonstrated early on that she was more powerful than Thor and Loki. Yeah, yeah, and she, like she wiped out everyone, the Asgardian yeah. army. She wiped everyone out. <laughs> but for Gore, we don't really see that 
because we see it, we see Hella do it. Yeah, that's enough for us to uh, you know throughout the whole movie. Like this chick is real. But yeah. for Gore, we just see it. She he slays uh, or the sun god, and then we see the repercussions. Like we see all these dead bodies and stuff, and it doesn't really no. It doesn't really show. It shows us, but doesn't really you know tell no. us. No, it it doesn't give us that 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 like with Hella. We she we sh- they showed us how badass she is, mm, right? And the then throughout sexy. the whole sexy, <laughs> Kate Blanchett, beautiful. Kate Blanchett, yeah. But throughout the whole movie, as Thor, you know, as the beginning of him finding himself again, reimagining himself, because he said like he's not he's um the hammer was everything essentially to him, right? The way he channeled his 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 um no, it was the source. He thought it was the source of his right, power. Right, but it wasn't. Like, it are wasn't. You, are you yeah. the god of hammer? <laughs> are, are you Yeah, so throughout the whole that whole movie, it's Thor refining himself and, and becoming the, the god of thunder. Yeah. Right, and then this one, he's already the god of thunder, but there really isn't anything else. You know, it's built up in the trailers and stuff like that that. He's going off, you know, he turns his back on being a superhero. He's going to go find himself, but he's a superhero. Right, right. We don't really get to see him, like, you know, he wanted out, but they pulled me back yeah, in. <laughs> yeah, he's already in it. I mean, yeah. the scene where he's meditating, it's during a battle. Yeah. And stuff like that, but... Um, uh, see, that's also a, fuck, a Taika Waititi. Taika uh, moment yeah. where he saves the quote unquote saves the like the, the what is it the temple right. and then all of a sudden it just comes crashing right. down right. with no casualties <laughs> or something like that <laughs> thing. Yeah. yeah and then he's leaving and he's like you know let me, I just want to apologize about the and he's like I don't want to hear it <laughs> 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 yeah I mean that's fair like, the, the humor and, mm. and, the, and the themes of Taika are there yeah and he definitely did have to have to have fun but it feels like the narrative beats aren't really his control no no see like I feel like maybe he had more control over writing the script at Ragnarok Mm. rather than Love and Thunder I'm sure he had his hand in it like they gave him the third or fourth draft and then he tightened it up yeah and then uh, but I'm sure he had notes like don't change this don't change this because maybe in the future there's going to be more yeah, it felt like he, he was able to express his humor. Yeah, right? to that, some extent. To some extent, right? A lot of the moments, but it, it does feel a little, uh, not watered down, but a little constrained. Yeah. Narr- at least narratively. And and this is, it's like the ongoing thing with all these Marvel films in Phase 4. I feel like it's the most experimental phase just because narratively it's, it's weird and not the same as other Marvel films. See, but I don't understand why. Because, mm-hmm. you know, last year we saw Loki. And that pretty much set up everything from Endgame on. Right. So why not continue that? Yeah. Have every every Phase 4 movie have something to do with the multiverse. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But oh, not... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it just feels... Yeah. It's, minus uh, Shang-Chi, which is which is an origin and fairly textbook for Marvel, right? Because yeah. you have a father and all stuff. And uh, Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. which felt like it was just kind of like a fan service kind of film. It's like, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you have Eternals and you have uh, Black Widow and you have these other films. Um, it felt like it's less occupied in, in laying out the stakes of what's going on in the grander scheme of things mm-hmm. and more of like uh, telling its separate narrative a la like DC. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, I, and it's not bad to some extent, but we've lived 20, 20 years, right? 10 years? 2008, so almost 20 years. Yeah, 20 years of, you know, textbook, same superhero, the bad guy, good guy, bad guy loses kind of deal. Yeah. And and that structure is just maybe just odd. Nowadays. So, you know how, like, 
current, uh, well, not I guess not current anymore, but like uh-huh. back in the day, if there was a three movie, uh, you know, coming out of the same character, three movie arc, yeah. the first one was going to end in a high note, the second one ends in a low note, and then that jump starts the third note. Right. But here we've had for Thor, high, low, I guess you could say, high, and then high again. So right. I, I, I feel like this would have been the perfect opportunity, especially how the movie ended, mm-hmm. of him being able to... Um, it should have ended in a low. Mm. You know? Yeah. Like, he, like Gore at the end should have brought his daughter back, but at the same time figured out a way to fucking kill most of the gods or not. Right. <laughs> or, like, throughout the movie when they're in the, the, the Pantheon and Zeus is there and stuff like that, boom, Gore shows up and kills half of them or some shit. Right, you know? right. Yeah, you, well, you, that's what I expected. Yeah. Right? It's, a th- uh, it's, it, it's a weird thing because it can be construed as bad. Because mm-hmm. just because it's not what we expect, yeah. But it's something that is different between like, yeah. When he was in an omnipotent city or whatever, yeah. like the city of Omnip- the gods, omnipotence, something god related. Yeah, and uh, I forgot he was in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Russell Crowe was Zeus. What Russell Crowe was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Christian Bale and Russell Crowe are you know those A-listers, right? Yeah, yeah those pretty high before even super. They're doing like you know dramas and other gladiator, gladiator exactly. You know, American Psycho, right, right. <laughs> and it feels like this is the time where they can just they don't have to you know starve themselves to go through like method acting or you know. Get Although Christian Bale, yeah, yeah Christian, <laughs> Christian Bale is pretty terrifying. Christian Bale is looking kind of lean, yeah, yeah and yeah. that's the thing I would have loved lean more into that horror aspect of the character like with the the moments we saw and especially like i loved how they play with the the, the colors when they yeah when they go to the shadow realm that's one of my favorite scenes yeah because who who does that right who who, who if in case you didn't see it they go to the a, an area where there's absence of color yeah. right? just because there's another energy source and it's sucking up all the color and the, the whole scene is a I give or take five, 15 minutes. The yeah, 10, scene, 15 minutes. 15 minutes. It's all in like black and white, black which is giving the war vibe. But each time uh, the, the characters power up their weapons, there's a glint of light. Yeah. So it's color. kind of, of color. And yeah, color. And it like illuminates their cape just for a second before the, the color gets absorbed. Yeah. But yeah, that scene, it, it's like uh, the music scene in Doctor Strange. Yeah. Where they use music notes to, to fight yeah. each other, right? It's also very, um, what's that one movie? The Spirit? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, yeah, right, right. It's yeah, I think I, I know what you're it's talking a spirit, about. Or it's is spirit it, and the other one I get confused. It's Frank Miller. That was another um, Yeah, Spirit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah that's Frank Miller, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna double check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it I love the way they, they not Frank's Frank. <laughs> I love the way that scene played out. Like they're they're both Valkyrie, uh, Jane Thor and Thor Thor yeah. are going into are going into it full on expecting yeah it's the spirit yeah and Sin City as well Sin City yeah yeah, yeah. It's black and white noir as but yeah. that's noir as this one's just like an action sequence yeah and black yeah. and white and yeah. like you said whenever they either use their weapons powered up or something they that burst of color was the the, the big standout in those scenes and it was pretty dope and then especially like. The, the Zeus's Thunderbolt. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty cool as well. Yeah, Zeus is just, just that, that's, see, the movie is so experimental. Yeah. Like, it, and when you go into a Marvel film, you expect, okay, there's going to be a bad guy, he's going to do something to the main character, and then the main character is going to, you know, propel to chase him. But here, it's, it's more content in telling, it's like a, a slice of Thor's life. 
and his love life. Yeah. yeah. His personal stuff. And then there happens to be a bad guy who can kill all the gods, but we're more focused on this uh, this rom-com kind of deal. Yeah. What happened to Gamora? Yeah, we don't know. We'll don't find know out that. in volume two. <laughs> That's what I was wondering too. Yeah, what happened to Gamora? And it's like volume three. And he, yeah. they kind of, t- like Peter Quill kind of touched on it, right? He said like, he mentioned that he fell in love with her, but then something yeah. happened. Yeah, and, and if you look at Peter Quill, he's he's grown his beard. Yeah. And it's not as camped, which I'm assuming it's a depression. And he beard. also got ripped. He got, he lost weight too. Oh, did he? Yeah, you didn't uh, see that uh, Chris... Not Chris Evans, Chris Pratt, Pratt looked a little like slimmer, a little cut, slimmer. a lot more cut up rather than like he said he was gonna get a bow flex and he got it. So, one sandwich away of being fat, yeah. Um, so what would you think of the the Valkyrie, the King Valkyrie aspect of it? Like, do you think that character actually had a lot to do, or they just shoehorned her in just to keep her happy? Okay. Shoot her into an end, or just had a lot to do with the narrative. Yeah, uh, I think the narratives. Really? Yeah, like, was it really necessary? Like, obviously Valkyrie she's gonna be in the forefront because that's her nature. That's what she's trained for, right? Yeah. But do you think honestly she's going to be able to compete with the best of them, like Thor has? Oh, so you mean like? Uh, see, I, I would say a little bit of both. Yeah. Just because you're right, like she has to be there for the narrative, right? Mm-hmm. It's established that Thor gave her the throne before he left with the Guardians. But if you really think about it, the whole grand scheme of the narrative, she didn't really do anything do anything other than combat backup, which yeah. is always good. But Sif could do that too. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't, rather than have her relegated as backup, like have her more within the narrative, but then the narrative is already weighted because you have Gore, you have Thor and Jane, and then you have, you, you want another line with, uh, with Valkyrie. And, uh, what's his name? Stone guy. Krog. Uh, Krog, right? Krog. 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 Korg. Korg. Yeah. Korg. Yeah. With Korg and Korg didn't really do anything either. No, he right. just got his his yeah. um, face fell off. His face fell off. Right. And then yeah. Meek as well. Meek and was Meek. like the the secretary back in the yeah, day. New, new Asgard. <laughs> she, I didn't always grow, but she. Oh, and then it makes sense. She was like eggs. Yeah, she was like in a suit, like secretary suit. It was in a tux. Yeah, it was in the nineties tux, right? Yeah, old fashioned. Yeah, Yeah, it's uh, again a lot of these characters, uh, they're there in the like the corner of the eye, right? And Mm -hmm. it feels more focused on Thor and Jane and Gore to some extent. Yeah, which is the should have been the three like main protagonists of the film, but I feel like. Because they needed to have Valkyrie for narrative states, it felt like one of it's already bloated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I could definitely see. Like, give her. I would have loved to seen like a full Valkyrie either TV show or movie. Yeah, TV show probably. Yeah, you're right. You did bring up a good point. The the cast feels bloated already. I mean, I love Korg, but it was Korg and Thor in Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. I mean, those two. But now you have Jane, you have Thor, you have Valkyrie, you have Korg, and then you have a. Uh, Gore, and then you have Gore's, uh, not Gore, the kids. Yeah. Right? If you you'd say they're a character within themselves as well. You know, yeah. The, the innocence. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's 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 definitely it's something that's kind of they're either there just for continuity sake. <laughs> <laughs> just to make a paycheck. Right. Right. What do you think of the the end credit scenes? 
I the introduction it. of Hercules. I love it. Really? I love it. Yeah. I mean, Hercules is, is someone who throws a monkey wrench into everything. Yeah. Like, not only do you know gods exist, you know, in Thor, but Olympian gods exist, but he's someone who is, uh, is like, he's famously, he finds himself. He doesn't mm-hmm. know who he is, a villain or a good guy to some extent. He's obviously becomes a good guy at the end, but he, he finds his way to that. And I'm excited for that possibility. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like in in the in the realm of like big gigantic fucking world eaters, mm. universe oh, destroying and stuff like that. It's like, what can the gods actually really do? Because like yeah. even even in the omnipresent city city, yeah, right, God, yeah, fucking Olympus. <laughs> there was um, um fuck, what? It's not the Eternals. It's the uh, they oh, see it. Right, right. Yeah, they no, see yeah. it. The Celestials. There was two Celestials. Just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, like, aren't you creators of everything? Like, yeah. why are you hanging with the gods? I mean, these two happen to be uh, lazy. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? in the grand scheme of this, there, there are billions of Celestials. Right? Yeah. So they're like, the guy, it's, the, it's just the entire galaxy, and these two are. Just hanging out. Scared. Yeah, <laughs> like, what the fuck? Because, like, the, the Celestials, like, the way they explain it in the Eternals, they're, they're basically like. You terrif- you you see the planet right. with uh, the celestial, and then once it, it grows into maturity, that creates a whole. He has like the capability, a whole complete another galaxy yeah, or universe, or you, universe. yeah, galaxy. something, yeah, whatever some, the fuck, some, some you know? sort of magical mystic power. Yeah, so you, if you feel like they have the power to create and destroy, you know, universes, yeah. what is one dude with a hammer going to do? Yeah, yeah. What to do with a th- lightning bolt? Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's something. Oh God, you really want to have this? Discussion. I'm just, <laughs> no, it's it, it comes down to uh, an hand in the boot, right? Mm-hmm. Celestials were insignificant to the point where we're just on the concrete. But it, it does bring up a point: these two celestials are actually scared. Are they? Or, well, I mean, they're hiding. I mean, what else are you going to do in Omnipong City? They like yeah. to party. That's true. The yeah. orgy. The orgy, on, right? Very right. good. But how are you going to orgy a celestial? That makes up more questions. Celestial? Uh, like billions of gods just humping any orifice. Probably. I mean, they got Ant-Man, that shit. Right. That's, oh, that's true. Yeah, you can, yeah that's true. Grow, grow to their size. But it, it's like Loki as well. Yeah. Like, Ten years, we're having these Infinity Stones. People have died for these things, and then they open a cabinet, and they're just paperweights. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's that kind of inconsequentialness that I guess is there. It's bugging. Yeah. I think it bugs me just yeah. because, like, we spend so much time building this up, and then in one movie, it basically makes everything that we, as fan base, like, feared or came to, uh, I guess fear is the correct word here, Alongside these these characters, make obsolete. I, I feel like Phase Four is just weird too. I, it's buggy. Yeah. And a lot of it, it, it's. I feel like people would find a, a design in it. You yeah. Know I mean, like Eternals. You're right. It does lay the precedent of the power of a celestial, and then you have Love and Thunder, and there are two celestials that's kind of like afraid and <laughs> hanging out, right? So there's uh, there's definitely a. a some sort of like what's the plan or like what is the lore like this, that doesn't make sense like sort of deal yeah there's definitely it's like alright we've had four films in phase four where are we going with this yeah like yeah. I get that Kevin Feige says that this is the most experimental phase and then that Wakanda Forever is supposed to you know supposedly supposedly yeah. fill in the gaps which again I don't how am I how's that gonna happen you know like they have obviously a lot to focus on with yeah. uh, 
the, the death of uh, Chadwick Boseman. So first of all, they have to figure out how they're going to continue the character, and then secondly, how they're going to you know patch all the holes that, that Phase Four created. Right, yeah, and just because we have so many branches. I mean, yeah. you have you have the Guardians with something you know cosmic and space related, and then you have uh, Shang Chi, which is arguably space alien related. Yeah. And then Eternals, which is a uh, like well, like everyone everyone knows something at the end of the movies, but we we don't really know what's going to be going on even in WandaVision it's like uh, not WandaVision uh, Doctor Strange Doctor Strange Wanda Wanda WandaVision 2 yeah <laughs> yeah and it's like the dark dimension like wait what's going on like See, but that's the thing, like, a lot of the, the stuff that is being, like, revealed, like, mm-hmm. in Shang-Chi, the rings, mm-hmm. it said that they came from space somewhere, right? right. And then not even, uh, fucking what's-her-face knows about it, the oh, okay. Captain Marvel, right, right. even she knows about it. But if it comes from space, the Celestials created space, right. doesn't that make them more powerful than your stupid rings? You know, if the yeah. dark, if the dark, the dark realm exists, mm-hmm. but that exists in the in the everyday realm as well. Yeah. The celestials created the everyday realm. Oh my god! What the well, fuck? You know. Well, the thing is, the celestials aren't just gods, right? Like they're in in DC as well. What yeah. is they call the man, like the one who created the DC universe, not Doctor Manhattan. Doctor Manhattan. <laughs> no, <laughs> there's like a, it's it's a self insert for the artists or the writers. It's because in D, in Marvel, I believe it's called the the one above all. The one of Stanley. The one, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> one of all is essentially Stanley. As powerful as the Celestials are, uh, there's always something above. Yeah, but as right. of right now, right. As of right everything now, above has been... Right. Celestial trumps everything. Right, but the thing is, in Eternals, they killed the Celestial. Say, before it was... They figured out a way to right. do it. Right, so that's it. Yeah. yeah in some way, because... In a, in a Fantastic Four, it's Galactus, right? And yeah. how do these four scientists kind of, you know, it's a world eater. And essentially they do is they find a, a science device that nullifies his power. Yeah. And that's it. Well, that's that's basically yeah. everything that... Anything like, in comics. Right? Anything they, in comics right, they, comes down to a right. science way to, right. to they, kill they find something the big that's bad cosmic guy. and they don't understand. And then man's science elevates to surpass it or at least, you know, do something to nullify it. It's going to same with the Celestials. Yeah. And there's they're cosmic level are definitely higher i mean they create stuff out of nothing yeah but at some point desperation and you know some sort of MacGuffin will will stop that yeah so yeah we I'm, haven't seen it and i know i <laughs> you want to see because it it's 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 such a grandiose scale yeah that they build but they don't really explain it at all i'll be interesting to for have to have marvel introduce the watchers Mm. To see like what their whole their whole fucking role in this is. Yeah, because technically the Watchers are also powerful. Yeah, like, they 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 just watch, but they have the power to do anything. Yeah, right? and there's like only four of them or something like that. Yeah, and then we saw in Guardians two that Stanley was hanging with them. It was yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, they should make him a Watcher. They should. They should have made him like you said the 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 one before. <laughs> oh yeah, the one above all. Or the something. one above yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's. It, it's him or um, Jack Kirby yeah well, both, both that would be cool like it's a council yeah. <laughs> it's, it's both the watcher watcher the Jack Kirby it's dead yeah <laughs> um, so yeah it's a, we, we don't know what the the whole grand scheme of it is but we know the end game for where uh, phase 4 is taking us it's mm. gonna be Kang it's Kang, right? See, yeah. that doesn't even make sense either, because that's time travel Kang related, right? Yeah. But you have the Celestial, which is and Guardians, arguably, which is space related, and then you have the Dark Dimension, which is magic related. 
and then you have the TV shows which are ground related. Yeah. <laughs> which are ground level stuff, and like I hear Daredevil's coming back. Oh yeah, I heard yeah, that too. Yeah, and all this other stuff that's like more TV and stuff, but yeah, it can go three ways, and I don't know how it's I'm, gonna. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm just I want to see Kang already. Yeah, like, Quantum, and yeah. Man, right? He's gonna show Quantum Mania. Yeah. Yeah, which is also like microverse kind of. Yeah. You know. I, see, that's the thing is like. They, um, Kevin Feige says it's the most experimental phase ever, but there really isn't a direction. You know, he's, he's laying down the seeds for different fucking story plot lines, yeah. but there isn't one that's taking the forefront. Yeah. And then some that are undoubtedly a lot, that le- lead to more uh, severe consequences than the others. Right, yeah. It's, it, it is weird. Yeah. I mean, it, is, it bugs me definitely because I'm... Oh, on the one hand, like experimentation, yay, let's do it. But on the other hand, you've built. It's <laughs> not the time every, for this. <laughs> every movie you've built has some sort of, uh, you know, like a degree of what's happening. Yeah. Right? yeah a through p- plot line. Right, exactly. And here it's been everywhere. There's multiverse, there's science stuff, there's yeah. ground stuff, magic stuff. Yeah, like how about instead of Disney spending $250 million on each of these movies? They just make uh, Disneyland entrance look cheaper, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right? <Yes. laughs> Not that I would go, but you know, that would, that would make definitely sense. Yeah, so, you know, give us a rebate. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> <A> Disney rebate. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what'd you think of seeing uh, Heimdall again? It was tear jerking, yeah? to be honest with you. I was like, oh, look, it's I mean, Bloodsport. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we, we just glossed over Jane's thing. How do you think of Jane's storyline? I felt like it was rushed. It was? It could have been a lot. Like I said, the, the, the two-hour time frame, I felt like limited themselves. Yeah. I get, I understand that there are films that are, you know, pushing the three-hour mark and Jesus Christ, but I feel like God two, two and a half is a good, you know, baseline for superhero movies especially ones where they're introducing a whole new realm of shit yeah you're right I mean why did they why did they restrict themselves so much you know what I mean it it seemed like yeah Jane's line like I I, I did feel a bit using you know knowing our our backstory and stuff but yeah it just felt like okay I have a thing it's killing me and that's kind of yeah. yeah, it kind of loses not loses its focus, but it's uh, it's already bloated. Yeah, it's with so many other storylines and development and things like that. So the, I didn't read the the Lady Thor uh, storyline in the mm-hmm. comics, but I, my understanding was that the hammer was the only thing that was keeping her alive at the same time killing her. So as long as she was holding the, the hammer, she was able to um, to stay alive. But because she was holding it, it was draining her energy. Yeah, but here if. Yeah, it yeah. felt like more it was that she was dying because of the hammer. Right, because in, in the comics, it's she goes through key, she goes through like you know the suit up phase and then she goes to chemo. Yeah. Each time she suits up, it heals her completely, including the chemo. Yeah. So it, it's kind of like a Deadpool kind of situation. Yeah. Where he has a healing factor that's healing him, but, but it's his con- cancer is, is yeah. constantly killing him. So yeah. That's why his face is all messed up. It's all right? fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like if if it made it a lot more clear. Like it didn't really like know, like let us know or show us that it was the hammer that was killing her until the very end, you know, yeah. because she was like all you know fucking ready to kick ass and shit. Yeah, and then like she takes it off and she's like in her gown and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah it's more terrifying in the comic. 
because <laughs> she, she's she's bony and skinny. Yeah, like she she actually looks like like her hair like is a gone. Cancer patient. Yeah, it's a cancer patient. Like she's and she don't even recognize it's, she's Jane. Yeah. Right, but here it's like yeah. You can still tell that she's Jane. Yeah. And. That would be cool to see. That. I mean, that's bad to say, but just just. I mean, dude, our, both whole, our both our parents died of cancer, so we right, got the pass. Yeah, so seeing yeah, <laughs> to right, talk about it. you know, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> we, so we, seeing that stuff. Uh, especially if anything said in this phase four is a very violent, you know, like you have a lot of like gore and like death and stuff like that. Yeah, if, but, see, like if anything, phase four should have been the bloodiest, the phase? bloodiest of all yeah, phases. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Like, like instead of being like you guys still have it being experimental, but you know there has to be some sort of reaction to to Endgame, and I feel like there really hasn't been that aside from uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon. Falcon yeah, and the Winter Soldier. Right. Well, the TV shows. Yeah. Like, the TV shows, they, they explain what happened. Like, this is the blip. This has happened. This is where we are. Like, but but in, in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, there's, like, legit consequences. Because yeah. there was, there was like, mass uh, migrations. People that were under under already, like, strict. Right. People uh, are coming back from Coming back from stuff like that. Stuff and then they're like being that. displaced again and all that stuff. So there was, like, legit consequences of... The before and after the blip. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And even WandaVision to some extent. Just because there's no, there's sword now. There's no more yeah. shield and sword is more... Uh, the know, good all, guys? All, <laughs> all, like, uh, fascist or something like that. Because they, yeah. they're more of a aggressive than shield. Yeah. Yeah, if I remember. Right? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess yeah, so, but like... Shield's gone. Shield's... The... And war, but yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're right. The TV shows feels like again, but that's six hour runtime. You know, these TV shows have the maneuverability to explain these consequences, but the why would one you would lessen your runtime for Love and Thunder, and two, you wouldn't really, it doesn't feel like, yeah, a reaction, yeah. yeah. So, it would have been dope if they had like a battle scene, and then all of a sudden, the people come back. That would just happen to be in that that specific area that kind of lit the way, and then all of a sudden there's like this big fucking battle around them and shit, you know? Right, yeah, and, that, and there's like more forces, like they're losing, and then they come back <laughs> and then they or something like that. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's it is definitely experimental, but it's also buggy and weird. Yeah, I just feel like because they were doing so well leading up to um, Infinity War and Endgame, after that I felt like they. Sh- they didn't have a plan or they didn't have like a full like flushed out plan they had an idea but not necessarily a plan on how to get to that idea yeah and then and then COVID hit yeah and everything like even like Black Widow would have been better right after uh, Endgame? Endgame or Endgame right yeah. but now it's like in the middle of other shows would have been better like bef- before Iron Man 2 no after Iron Man 2 after Iron Man 2 yeah uh, was it supposed to come out not right huh was it supposed to go between Endgame and Infinity War yes right. no got pushed back or something yeah yeah because it, it, it took place um she had already exposed all those shield right, secrets right. and she went into hiding and yeah. she started growing all her blonde hair. Right, I mean, it felt weird because yeah. you have to kind of rewind yourself back to that <laughs> time and then, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what would you give Thor? Love and Thunder. Uh, 7.5. So really? That yeah, high? So, well, I mean, the humor. The humor? Yeah, the humor, as, as, as much as the narrative did bug me and it did bug me throughout, I was like, this is a weird structure. Yeah. But like, 
the kids are integrated into the fight, and usually, like the like the weird things uh, that would go on, like the cinematography, like the the black and white scene. Yeah. Like the kid, the kids in particular, because usually in a film, you're like okay, they're just gonna be there, and they're not gonna, you know, they're the they're the reason why Thor's gonna save them. But yeah. they're integrated. They they're in the fight, and he gives them the powers, and they all temporarily. Yeah, temporarily, <laughs> and they're integrated. It's like uh, Chekhov's gun, or yeah, right. You know, the kid, and uh, the yeah, the humor is pretty. Uh, it's it's very thorough, not thorough. Like throughout the whole film, it's yeah, constant. flows. It flows right. Yeah, well, and help me ignore this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like with me with the humor, there was some high highs, mm. but there was also some low lows. Where mm. I feel like they were just trying to constantly be like you know, six jokes per minute, five jokes per minute. Where some of them didn't necessarily land it, mm. but before you ever got to register that. They were on to the next one. Right. See, I, I didn't do that, but the goats got a little... The goats were... The goats a little got... It's yeah. like funny, the first bits, and then they kept screaming, and I'm like, okay, I, <laughs> like, I understand they're screaming goats. Yeah. yeah. I, I like the scene where he's like, he's all happy that they gave him goats and shit, and then they're talking about what to do with them. He's like, if anything, we'll eat them. And then they look at him like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, a lot, a lot of the talent, especially Christian Bale and uh, Zeus... Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, Russell Crowe. I feel like they had fun, and it, it showed in their performances. Yeah. Like even Christian Bale with the head, and just Zeus. <laughs> like he just, you know, he's just being all extravagant. You yeah. Know? He doesn't have to be this super uh, intense scene. It's just he's a, a quote unquote bad guy or good guy or some sort of guy. Yeah, but do you get the sense that they were able to have fun with those characters or their performances because the franchise doesn't hinge on them? It's not like solely resting on their soldier yeah. shoulders. Well, that and their A-listers. I mean, that's true. Like Russell Crowe, not Russell Academy Crow, Award-winning yeah, actors. Yeah, Robert Redford. I'm sure they're like, all right, do whatever you want. Yeah, like, you know, like, like, yeah, and it shows. Yeah, right? they, they they're able to just give a sentence direction, and they they bring out a performance that even levels everyone else in the room. Yeah, or even a lot of Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. Yeah, Michael right. Douglas. Michael Douglas is a man. Or um, um, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. As, yeah, as Odin. Yeah, definitely. It feels like they, they just go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's the thing, where it's like these classically trained actors are seeing the value in being able to perform freely as these, you know, campy-ass characters. Yeah. Which yeah. is something that... <laughs> not to like rag on DC but like they're kind of missing well I mean not just DC but like in the naysayers from comic book films yeah that's because, true because on one hand you know you want to be this emotional movie but that takes you know a toll on you but mm-hmm. here you're just like here you're Zeus have fun and, and it's like how can you not have you have a career where you go into these roles and sometimes you lose pieces of yourself yeah and you do research and you lose you know your health with Christian Bale I, I saw this interview with a director. It was this Al Pacino movie. I think it was Insomniac, mm. where he plays, um, like he robs a bank to be able to, to. I might be butchering the fuck. I definitely <laughs> know I'm butchering the fuck out of the plot of the story of this movie. But essentially, he robs a bank or he has money to be able to to pay for his partner or his lover's transition. Essentially, mm. this movie came out like the 70s or 80s. Oh, so yeah, way before <laughs> its time. And then the director was talking about how he was uh, directing Al Pacino through this specific uh, scene where he got him to like this emotionally broken man. Right. And then he's like, all right, Al, again. And because like that's where the that's where the character needed to be in the first place. Right, right. So just detailing how you're fucking 
destroying this, you know, this fantastic out actor in Al Pacino to the point where where the character's so dire, so fucking spent. It's just fascinating, you know, right. and that's that's something where like these classically trained char- uh, actors and uh, directors live off of that motto, yeah. you know. But yeah. they don't they, they don't see the value in having fun in in like a superhero movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's we we want to be famous, right? I mean, like the actors going, they want to be famous. They want their name on the wall. But I feel like there's a, an ounce, at least a little bit, of just to have fun. Yeah. And just to be in someone else's shoes, just to be a space warrior or some sort. It brings us back when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Like we see a stick in the floor and they're like, oh, it's a lightsaber. Like our imagination goes wild, but I feel like especially with narratively driven or like, you know, very heavy context, that's, you can't, you have to be an adult. And yeah. like you said with Al Pacino, I would have broken. <laughs> like I, I can't do this. You Fuck know, this, I, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, I can't do it. But for someone who's so professional, who can take that licking and then just keep on kicking, yeah. right? And then like he didn't like walk off stage. I know some actors would walk on stage given that pressure. Yeah. But he stayed because of the art, because yeah. it's something that he loves to do. Yeah. And then another thing is that they don't understand is that some of these storylines are just as tragic or even more so than anything fucking Shakespeare ever wrote. Yeah, you know, you look at the um, Return of the Joker, the Batman Beyond, how he fucking tortured and broke mentally broke Tim Drake. Yeah, that's like yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, just in like this is our mythos. Yeah, right. Like DC, Marvel. As soon as this world is gone and it's just a barren wasteland, this they're they're gonna dig up like a comic book. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the same. Like all these characters, even more so for DC, they're these uh, you know ideals. Give given form, like, yeah. You know, like Hercules, you know, Hera, not Hera, <laughs> Hercules, and you know, Zeus, and like all these Olympian Greek gods, they're all given form, and they we live through their stories, and we learn from them. Same with the comic books. Yeah, there's a reason why you know the uh, the Greek pantheon or the Norse pantheon has lived through generation and generation, because they they are the the, the heroes that they they made. You know, yeah. just like like you said, the comic book characters to of. Uh, not necessarily today but (laughs) of the past century are our 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 gods and you know mythology and stories and stuff like that so we look to like what would Superman do yeah Superman wouldn't you know be low blowing or something like that yeah you know instead of like uh, instead of you know feeding a whole bunch of people with two fish, you know Superman saves the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus zero, like exactly. Like, oh, Walking what? on water, flying. Right, what do you got? Flying. Come what on. You got? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have like you know Marvel comics. Tony gets over alcoholism, like mm-hmm. and he's rich. Yeah. So like you know someone who's not as rich and he's still alcoholic, they can. Yeah, that, or Steve, Steve Rogers, or somebody Steve Rogers, yeah. bullied like relentlessly, mercilessly yeah. throughout his whole life, and then when he has the ability to retaliate, he doesn't want to. Right, and then like he doesn't fight just to you know kill. Yeah. He fights because he just doesn't like bullets. Yeah, so that's, that's something. That scene in um, the first uh, the first Avenger, the mm-hmm. first Captain America, when he's being like vetted to see whether or not he's worthy enough for the super soldier serum, the doctor asks him like, "Why do you want to go to?" To, to war to kill Nazis and he says I don't want to kill anybody I just don't like bullies yeah yeah and uh, Stanley Tucci <laughs> yeah he's in it too Stanley Tucci there yeah, you go yeah. yeah so yeah definitely comic book films uh, there is a, a constant structure to it yeah there has to be I mean there's some that are glaring at most you can tell this is a beginning middle end the superheroes are obviously gonna win 
but the, like uh, a mentor in a in college told us, <laughs> the the be the context will be different, but the beat will is the same. Be the same. Yeah, there's there's a reason why stories are considered archetypes. Right. You know, you look at the story of Jesus in the Bible. You look at the story of the Matrix with Neo. You know, Neo is an anagram for the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, in case Neo, when you don't you know, rearrange it to one, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah or new, you no, know, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, yeah. It's, I feel like superhero films get that hate just because you see the, you know, the explosions, the extravagance, all that stuff. But when you boil it down to an archetypal narrative, it's there. Yeah. Thor, as much as the structure is kind of weird and it's kind of weird where it sits in the whole phase four, uh, he's trying to find himself. Yeah. Right. He's lost his will to fight because he thinks that's all he was made for to, to do. Yeah. Right now he, he doesn't know what to do and now he finds a purpose by the end of the film. Yeah, and and cra- uh, crazily enough, the purpose is, you know, mentoring that next generation. Yeah, which is also, it's apparently it's a god who's in yeah. the form of a child. A child, which right. okay. it's eternal, right? right? <laughs> if I remember correctly, uh, uh, by the end of the film, Christian Bale's gore uh, sees the error of his ways naturally, and uh, wishes instead of wishing for the gods to die, uh, he wishes his daughter to come back. Yeah. So, which is fairly poignant. I mean, like, why didn't you think about it the first place you could wish your daughter yeah. would be back? But he wishes her back, but in a, in a, in a twist, I guess. Uh, the daughter is inhabited, or is uh, eternal, which the god has been sitting there until someone finds him. Yeah. Or it. It. Uh, yeah. Her, I guess. Or now, her now, yeah. in this sense. Yeah. yeah. They. <laughs> but, Did you know that the, the little girl is uh, Chris Hemsworth's daughter? Like, Christian Bale, Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth, is it really? I think it's Chris Hemsworth. Oh, wow. And then the kid in that montage where him running and he has the wing, the wing oh, helmet. Oh, that's know, also his son. I know that one. Yeah, yeah I didn't know it was the daughter. I think oh. the daughter is his. Um, the daughter is Chris Hemsworth's daughter. Crazy. Well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Keeping it in the family. Right. That's all. I'm gonna say. <laughs> uh, the post-credit scene, pre-credit scene. There wasn't really a. Mid credit scene, right? What was the mid credit uh, scene? The mid credit scene was Zeus being alive. Right, and he's like, summoning Hercules, yeah. Right, and then, uh, what and was then the, the last scene? one was. Oh, uh, Heimdall. Heimdall. It turns yeah. out there, there is an Asgard. There is an Asgard, yeah. Hopefully, uh, Sif's arms there. <laughs> just like a blue. <laughs> <laughs> like, just moving around, walking around. <laughs> like, uh, Idle Frog. Hands. Yeah, that's Idle Hands. Idle Hands. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I gave it what I wanted. Uh, what'd you give I would give it like a six. Mm-hmm. Just because, like I said, I think my expectations, and it's a six because of, like I'm saying, my expectations were really high, uh, expecting a lot more, especially because of how they revitalized and rejuvenized the Thor franchise. Yeah. Um, Taika Waititi, again, is a never fail for me. I love his movies. I love his style. But I just feel like, like, I didn't even think about this. Like you said that it felt like there was a lot more control um, looming over them. Than in the previous movie, which like looking at it now, it does kind of feel like that. Yeah. Um, but you know, taking all of that in consideration, I did I did enjoy myself. I was in the theater. It was fun. It was awesome. I loved it. I was a little high. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was cool. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got it. Yeah, it was beautiful. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, I guess it's like a six, six point five. Yeah, that, I mean that's fair. I yeah. Mean, it's something I I usually. When I when I see a movie and I see like a uh, a hiccup, I, mm-hmm. I, I it tends to go away. Yeah. But for this film, it, it, it remained. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's something else there. There's definitely movies that 
the, they could be shit throughout the whole fucking two and a half hours, but just one scene and it makes up for almost all of it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, freaking Transformers. Tra- oh. I mean, <laughs> that's your. That's that is all you. I mean, you see Optimus Prime shows up. Wait, aren't they gonna do like a tw- like a? Yeah. It's um, a 20th anniversary, right? Or 10 year anniversary. Oh, of they're the gonna, first. They're gonna show it again. They're gonna re-release the first uh, like, Transformers. I mean, I like the first one, and it was just a downward slope <laughs> from there, right? Uh, it was like really high. <laughs> No, <laughs> it's like the first one you're, you're on the freeway doing 70 and then all of a sudden you just jam it into reverse right. and you're going you quickly flip, you know, there's a freaking school bus and your friend tells you to stop but you keep going yeah. last night you have to do yeah, stuff. you're just white knuckling it like that. <laughs> um, so yeah that, that's an interesting thing I, when I read that article I instantly was like oh, I think Arnie's going to watch this <laughs> that's his thing. but what I was thinking about was BBS Oh yeah, yeah, Wonder Woman. Yeah. The whole fucking thing when she shows up and starts kicking ass. I was like, all right, you know, this movie is flawed, like no other. But that scene alone. Is yeah, great. I mean, even when freaking uh, yeah, when she Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Yeah, when the warehouse scene. That warehouse scene. The warehouse. I mean, it, it, it's it's really hard because it's it's like you have Superman is not being really Superman, and then you have like a, a legit Batman. Yeah. Actually, like. You know, a ninja. And they're, they're afraid, and then there's, there's a bomb there. You know, he kills people. But yeah. <laughs> being classic Batman. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, disabling their guns. Right, the, the first thing he does, and then yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah. So to round out the year, now that we're you know halfway through 2022, which is Jesus. It it's going. Yeah, it's like um, yesterday I was listening to Pink Floyd and. Um, Comfortably, no time. Oh. And uh, the, the lyric in that like really resonated is like every as you get older. Essentially, it was like as you get older, every year gets shorter. Yeah. And like, like I already know, like you already passed the the three You're going into three one, and I'm I'm gonna turn thirty later in the year. I was like, and then like this morning, I was in, I was like, Jesus Christ, ten years, and I'm gonna be forty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I effectively deleted any song that has like age-related stuff because yeah. I have one that's like seven years, like seven years, and it goes down like fourteen years. You're yeah. young, you know, something like that, and I'm like past it. Past. <laughs> like twenty-eight, you'll like have a life, and then like thirty-five. I was like, no, not yet. <laughs> yeah, there's this meme where um, it's like this person running, and then it has on their face '90s kids. And then the panel, and then there's a little object in the back coming up, and then the next panel, it's closer, and then in the last panel, it's like the same dude running, and it says 90 kids, and then in the background, it says 30s. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's been our review and discussion of Age Comic Con. That's been our review and discussion of Thor, Love, and Thunder. It's, uh, the humor's there. The Taika of Charm is somewhat there. Somewhat there. But... It, the structure it's, yeah the oh structure mostly structure because of the time constraint exactly and it's a self-imposed time constraint yeah. which I don't understand but well you know showbiz yeah. is showbiz that was weird right when they announced the runtime, it was like why is it gonna be an hour and 59 minutes and they did reshoots yeah so yeah, that's, it's, it's, that's weird like I'm, I'm saying three hours is probably too much yeah yeah you know, two and a half to two forty-five. That's probably your sweet spot. Yeah. It gives you enough time to you know really flush out your characters, and to properly set up whatever it is you're going to do in the, in the next phases. Yeah, and it's something that Thor probably should have done. But it was an exciting roller coaster. Yeah, let's see. Let me just double check the length of Thor Ragnarok. Uh, 
Four rag. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to spell rag. Come on. It's two hours and ten minutes. Yeah, longer than. So yeah, it's yeah. twenty minutes longer than uh, the. Love had, of Thunder. It felt like they had plenty of room. Yeah, and it went by quick. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially like there was more. I felt like Thor Ragnarok had more cleanup to do than Love and Thunder. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you effectively rebooted Thor. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no more of the Shakespearean English dude, you know, like <laughs> thou mother not know, you know. Yeah. So now it's just kind of straight, straight dude. Yeah, I kind of like my. Out of all the the Thor like costume changes we've had, you know, we've had Thor, we've had the. Uh, I don't know which ones are the rest of that. Uh, dark, dark world. No, no, but oh. I'm talking about like his his character, oh, and, like War Thor, yeah, Thor, yeah, you know, just Thor. And then the one in in the Love and Thunder, what's that real flashy gold helmet? Golden Thor. Yeah, it's like what King Thor or something like that, right? Right. Or, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I my favorite is the one where. Um, where he has the black vest in and, uh, in Infinity War yeah, the and the red cape. Right. Oh, that one. I like that yeah. one. I like the one in this one before he became shiny. Yeah. Yeah, because it was like a kind of a classic garb like that, but it had like the fur kind of regal look. Yeah. Okay. The, the red. Yeah, cape. that one. Yeah. Yeah. When, one, yeah. The, yeah. The, the War Thor. Yeah. Uh, Goth or King Thor. Yeah. That's the one. Right. He's the one where he, we see in the trailer where he's looking at that giant. You know what's his, what's his name? The the the, the friendly god yeah, or the something. Dead, yeah. yeah. The dead god. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, well, that's been our show. Oh, uh, we'll catch you. I've been your host. Ernesto and I'm here with my co-host beautiful Joel. as always beautiful <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll catch you in the next next week uh, we're not sure what we're going to be reviewing that time we're discussing but we'll keep an eye on the Twitch uh, Twitter 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 and Substack Substack right. well, we'll see you next time on next episode thank you very much for listening thanks for listening to this week's episode for show updates follow us on Substack and Twitter links are in the description you can find new episodes weekly on whichever podcast platform you swore allegiance to.